Um, we're going to have to set fire to an insignia. Yes, or a Subaru. <gasps> oh, we can oh. set fire to both. We can crash them into each other and set them on fire. Yes. You're saying that as if my child wouldn't drink Lenore. Yeah, wow. to be fair, I, I'd <laughs> consider yeah. it. It softens your insides. Cast crazy. Zymol dinner, I would be happy to take a bath in too. I mean, not at the same time, that'd be weird. Welcome back to part two of our magazine read-through. This is issue 12 that we're looking at. Uh, in our last podcast, we got through the guide section and the new product section, and now we're continuing on, and we're kicking off today with um, our review of the Autosmart Matrix and Soft99 Koditsu, Kujutsu, uh, wheel coating, um, and it was on... Ian's Audi A5, which was the showcase star of last issue. Road Wars car. Road Wars car, indeed. Um, we are joined, as ever, by Ian. Hello. And by James. Hello. And these two chaps were responsible for getting the Audi in such a nice condition in the first place. Um, so I feel it only fair that they explain how they then went to try and destroy us at a dealership wash. We didn't try. We bloody succeeded. <laughs> I think the, the particular highlight was... First of all was when Ian was negotiating, should we say, with the main dealership because they offered a they offered wash. like you know well it was um it was a deal on the service, wasn't it? They were doing a deal on servicing and we said, I wonder how many things they'll snag it on to try and get more up, money up, yeah. up the job. And we weren't disappointed. No, no, no. We weren't disappointed at all. And how much they how much they'd uh, build those jobs out at. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Well strangely, I took my SA Fritz to the same dealership as you did um and i knew there were problems and they came back with a quote parts quote for three and a half grand um let alone labor and all the rest of it and then i admittedly paid my 50 quid diagnosis fee or whatever and then disappeared off and bought all the parts second hand um for about 1500 so funny you should say that because yeah. i was <laughs> quoted 400 quid a corner for uh for, for outboard springs on the rears oh, to yes. be perfectly honest if ian asked me to help him do it again i'd probably charge him the same <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the the first thing really is um, we were really excited to get the Auto Smart coatings um, because Auto Smart have been a, oh, what's, a stalwart, the, yeah, a foundation, that's a, good word. a pillar, a pillar of the valeting and I'm, I'm going to say yeah. detailing as well because a lot of guys still use G one hundred and one and they still yeah. use. But when they announced it, it was really exciting because it was a sign that they are starting to evolve. Yeah, but take note that detailing is a thing. Um, well, I mean, they've they've just moved from selling only out of trucks to actually having an online presence. Yeah, yeah so th this yeah. is like the start of the space race. They've they've gone onto Amazon now. They're doing ceramic coatings all of a sudden. Yeah, um, yeah. and I had a chance to speak to Mister Brain, Mike Brain, I possibly think it was at Auto Smart, and he's one of their R and D guys. Um, and it was really quite refreshing to speak to somebody that was from a brand that isn't experienced in ceramic coatings, but he was aware of everything that goes on with them. And the questions that I were asking were along my sort of usual nerdy, pessimistic route. Mm -hmm. But he answered them. So when we got a chance to use them on the car, we knew that they'd put some work into these. They weren't just off the shelf from a Yeah, they weren't white labelled. Yeah. Um, one thing to note is they don't make them themselves currently. They have developed them. And that's the key here is they haven't just bought one off the shelf. They've been through the R&D process, the prototyping process, and they have 
fine-tuned them to be exactly what they want. Um, but they currently don't make them at their own site. However, we think that they're looking to do that. That was their, their end game, wasn't it? Yeah, because they've got a new site at the factory that's being built. We were hoping to go and visit it, but I think mm. the whole pandemic's blown that out of the water. Um, so, yeah, I think they're hoping to do that. And that will be exciting, because then we've got a UK manufacturer. Well, it will. And also, I think there's probably an element of seeing whether an auto smart coating would sell. And given how many detailers and validators have taken it up, I mean, we're talking three figures here. There's definitely now demand for it. So I think the, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of let, supports it. Yeah, let, let, let's not beat around the bush. So the coatings will only ever be as good as the prep. Correct. So you can have the best coating on earth, but if you've got somebody who's... Um, inexperienced or not willing to put the effort in to prepare the car for the coatings, it's going to look crap. It's not going to last very long. Mm -hmm. However, we decided to give this a go to our standards mm -hmm. and the, the work that we put into Ian's A5 was really extensive. I mean, we went to town on that car mm -hmm. uh, and we had all sorts of different paint types and paint hardnesses to work with. Um, and I was really impressed with it. Yeah. No, it came out looking fab the other end. Yeah, the gloss results were incredible, like straight away. Uh, application was all right, actually. I mean, we, we weren't expecting it to be easy. Um, some of the more expensive coatings we've tried recently have gone on like an absolute treat. I mean, I, I, I've had some absolutely horrible ceramic applications in the last couple of years with ver trying various ceramics out, and it's had none of those issues whatsoever. Yeah, so It's pretty nice. It's quite nice to use. Um, no... Um, no high spots to speak of, no marring, no sort of um, holograms or anything after we'd applied it, mm. no sealant marks. And this is all from a coating that's quite cost effective. It's, it's you know, I, well, I that's the key as well. Yeah. Um, because you'd expect it from Altsmart, it's going to have a good price point. And that's the key here is that we're starting to see. Um, I mentioned it on a blog that I wrote um, for the Academy the other day is that cost of ceramic coatings as a product has come down to such a point now where it's no longer necessary for people to be paying £1,500 a car. Yes. Yeah, it's the, almost the novelty tax that was put on, on things now. I mean, don't get us wrong, you can still spend a lot of money on a little bottle of ceramic coating if you really want to, but the ones that are cheaper are no longer just the slightly dodgy imports from China. You get some properly acceptable, you know, well-built bits of kit for very reasonable sums yeah. yeah but again that turn my microphone on <laughs> again that comes down to the uh the state that most cars are arriving now yeah it's the prep isn't it the prep's where the money is and if you're looking at a used car like ian's for example if that came into us to actually do as a retail job we'd, we'd be looking in excess of it'd be four figures it would definitely oh, be four yeah. figures yeah um but yeah, it was. I mean, for, for the for the price break that we've seen it at, the packaging was awesome. Mm -hmm. Labeling was awesome. Branding's good. Yeah, branding's on point. It, All the claims stack up. They really do, mm. I mean, and that's the thing is it, it's it's. They've almost taken the best of all of the coatings that you can see on the market. And put it into and an put affordable it into one product that's yeah. affordable. They've got the good branding. They've got the good backup. The aftercare kit that we were sent out yeah, I, think, I think that is an extra that you can buy for your customer yes with duo foam in but it's also yeah. smart products 
Again, which, nice, nicely packaged. It's got everything you need in it. It's got nothing superfluous. It's got a water spot remover. It's got a quick detailer. It's got duo foam in there. So it's there's there's nothing that's just been put in there for the sake of oh well that's what they that's what they want as it were. It's just exactly. what you what you actually need. Um, and then the wheels. You did the wheels, didn't you? <coughs> yes, Kujitsu. Kujitsu. Awesome stuff. Um, very. It goes into it in the article, but it's. It's quite unique in, in the in the way that it's it only targets what it actually needs yeah. to as a it, wheel. It, yeah, it literally does exactly. It only does exactly what it says it will do. Yes. Very very binary product, but fantastic if you're looking to if you just had your your wheels refurbished like we did for for the A5, um, and you're just looking to uh, stop that sort of brake dust burning kind of thing. It's brilliant. Not fantastic at, at degreasing, but as we Kind of concluding, not to give away too much on it. You're going to be using a degreaser two, three, four times on the wheels when you're washing your car anyway. So, really, that's what they're saying. You, you've already got the products you need working elsewhere. You don't need this to be fantastic at repelling grease because you're going to be degreasing stuff anyway. Yeah. And I mean, go, going back to the, um, the the test we put it through for for the, the the sorry the matrix the test we put it through on this wasn't wasn't a test to say. This should stand up to uh, a bloke with a Vican brush scrubbing away your car, and that's now, exactly what happened. Which is literally yeah. exactly what happened. Is is even the right brand of brush there? It was exactly yeah. the right brand. I of mean, brush. you guys camped out in the car to watch it happen. We did do some candid sort photos. Of pink Panther sneaking around the car <laughs> yeah. park trying to get some photos. But the the, the <clears> point <throat> of this was never to call out. Oh God, no! It doesn't stand up to a Vican brush. I, I can't think of any ceramic coating that would really realistically stand up to this no, kind of abuse i don't think any i don't think any protection product would if you had ppf on there the ppf ppf would be knackered oh god yeah so but um, th this this was a case of let's see what it does how easy it is to get to um to fix it afterwards see if there's anything that can be done more in a broader ceramic coating sense so you see a lot of the self-healing um coatings and thing pour boiling water over there in theory a lot of ceramic coatings will do that if they're young enough didn't work on this because it was quite incredible the amount of damage that one man with a cigarette in his mouth and a Viking <laughs> brush can do to an otherwise perfect surface you know another, another thing to note as well is that um we know that bird lime is an issue on ceramic coatings it's, we've, we've shown it <clears throat> in the previous mega tests when we tested the dealership coatings we know that um, bird lime etching is a thing. Um, the, the one thing we don't know on this, we haven't got a benchmark to what it would have been like without the coating on there. Yeah, there is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from our um, we etch, probably from our etch coatings, patch. we yeah. uh, we did before back in issue nine. Was yeah, it? nine Something I like think that. Time, yeah. yeah, no, it was yeah, that's right. It was on the dealership coatings. Yeah. We 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 made some artificial, or the John John supplies with some artificial. Yes, John um, Hogg's bird some poo. dangerous stuff. And some of the acids we were using on the paint there literally stripped the paint off. Yeah. So yeah. that there's there's quite a lot of yes we can we can criticise there being a uh, an etch mark or two um, in the coating but that goes no way to how bad it would have been without a coating on there in the first place for yeah. you know you could be back to bare metal <clears throat> so we it, yeah we can't really say that it didn't protect because we'd have to have um, a control a control panel yeah. um, but and I think undoubtedly it did protect yeah because I. I've got no doubt that even the scratching that was bad on there would have been way worse. Would have been yeah. irreparable. Mm. Well, not irreparable, irreparable rather. Not irreparable, but 
very difficult and yeah. uh, more than I could be frankly bothered to do on that car a second time around. Yeah. So generally speaking, so I mean, just sell the car basically. Yeah. Is yeah. what we're doing now. Anyone wants to buy an A5? <laughs> Hasn't got death roll. <laughs> the um, yeah. So I mean, in in summary, um, it's great it's, great product. In my that was opinion. in winter. Yeah. Hey. Um, but it's yeah, something. Yeah, great products. I think yeah. that that for the the market that they will indefinitely be aiming for, it's going to be an absolutely the brilliant o- the only seller. people that can mm. mess up this product is AutoSmart themselves potentially. In terms of who they supply exactly, to, yeah, to they buy. they yeah. do need to as as much as yes, you're a chemical supplier, you need to be shifting products, bottles. and yeah. that's where you make your money. If the brand itself is destroyed because you've given it to 10, 15 garages who have either poured it on and it's all crystallized or just not bothered to put it on, then just put the after kit, aftercare kit in the boots, then mm. they're going to get the same problems that the likes of GTA have with Platinum. Yeah. You know. well, the, the and key... Auto Glim, Auto Glim yeah. the Lifeshine stuff, that's got such a reputation of dealerships not actually applying it in the first place. Yeah. So people don't trust it anymore, even though the actual product itself. Yeah. No problem with it. The problem is the key is in the training. And once you've done the training, it's... Well, the key's in the main, turnover. It's, it's Staff turnover. Yeah. Well, that's yes. it as well, because a lot of these dealerships run on high turnover, mm-hmm. zero hours contracts. You know, there's very low retention. Well, it's because it doesn't pay well, so it, it, well, it, it draws it, it in a lot of people. It doesn't not pay well. I mean, it's, it's over minimum wage for a lot of the places. Mm-hmm. The problem you've got is minimum wage and... Li- I mean, it's a whole different topic. Minimum wage and living wage are two very different things. The issue is the fact that the the dealerships themselves, the staff at the dealerships, they hold no value over the staff doing that. There job. is a hierarchy there, mm. and you, you need know, a jumper and a salesman <clears throat> tells you you need needs a car prepped. You know, you, as you guys know, that's where I started out, and mm. you have, I mean, I'm going to say it, you have a jumped up salesman that's got to sell 35 Renault Clios in a day. You'll like the dirt on the bottom of his shoe, and they they make you feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't do exactly what they want yesterday. They'll rip you to shreds. And equally, with the bigger with the bigger groups, when you're looking at corporate, they're attributing their overheads because margins are supposedly so thin. They literally have a sheet with number of cars washed yeah. and how much it's cost them. That's literally all they see. It was and, and it was the same at Aston Martin, believe it or not. Mm. You know, so well, we've done twenty four service washes today and three valets and two machine polishing jobs. That's all they see. Mm-hmm. They don't see the fact that there's only two of us that have done that, and we've been run ragged, low on products, low on equipment. Yeah, and that's the issue with with this product. Well, that's the potential issue is that if it ends up going down that rabbit hole of, yeah. of mass sales at dealerships, it could it, it could harm the reputation of what we see is actually an extremely good product. If they sell it to professional valeters, professional detailers, they'll do really well, and yeah. I hope that's the way they go. But yeah. we don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, which brings us on to uh, the the meat of the issue, which is the mega test for this issue. Mm, donuts. <laughs> are, you, are you looking at a picture of Boris Johnson as well? <laughs> no, I'm looking at the. Uh, he is a donut. I'm looking at that and then worrying about copyright. I like um, donuts. <laughs> um, we have focused on glazes, all in ones, and glazes. This was um, heavy, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> this was a heavy one. It was a serious one for the first time in quite a while. Um, oh. I've been uh, tasked with with writing the the, the kind of the, the the meat of this particular mega test. Why am I repeating that word so often? I don't know. Meat. Uh, yeah, I haven't had any weeks. Um, oh, I've heard. <laughs> 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 
Um, but what we really wanted was to, you know, the, the last mega test was very much on heavy cut compounds, which lends itself more to the professional detailer or highly experienced enthusiast. This is a product that anyone can use. This is a One product for the driveway. Lads. Exactly, exactly. So we wanted to kind of appeal to to a different audience with this. And equally, it's something that, frankly, even professionals will occasionally use as time savers or as a job. <laughs> <laughs> King of the one stage, me, pal. <laughs> yes. Um, and so we also we went back to testing quite a few products. We we got to thirty in the end. Um, yeah, we were hoping for about twelve. <laughs> yeah, originally we thought about twelve, and then between us we counted up ones that we wanted to be in there. Then we asked uh, our followers on Facebook and Insta and all the rest of it, and got another probably another sort of thirty or forty suggestions. The problem is with the last mega test is we were quite undersubscribed with the heavy cuts. Yeah, there were loads of like big guns that we'd m not missed but didn't respond to our request. Yeah. Because a lot of these are independents, they literally got ninety eight percent of the ones that we were asked for yes. that we that we asked for or the readers asked to well, see. Well, the, the nice thing is the manufacturers responded. So yeah. there are some that we were missing though. Yes. Um, the auto bright cherry glaze. A lot of people wanted to see that. Yeah. Auto we finesse. Physically didn't have time to get it. Auto finesse triple or triple. Triple. Triple auto finesse triple again. Just physically didn't have time to get all of it or fit it in. Um. But yeah, it was it was hard work, and the a couple of comments online were that readers wanted to see how it was on older paint, because we often yes. we often we you know we do it we get sucked into the whole sort of UHS VHS new type of clear VHS. coats VHS <laughs> not Betamax British well, we home stores with a heavy cut stores. compound when we were testing the heavy cuts and and it, yeah. you know suddenly yeah. the only medium cut in the field appeared to be forming best until we decide to change paint types or at least add additional paint types yeah so luckily the Renault existed and yes. the Renault it has it still does and it's still available for sale but we'll get onto that later the Renault has had oxidised what's the colour uh, um, Shetland Green Shetland Green Sea sea Frost Sea, sea scum, sea foam, sea foam brown. It's a lovely colour, and and it only, really is now. At it's only, a very at, nice yeah, at only three nine nine five. Yeah, it's like a sky blue turquoise green. Um, <laughs> so we had that. You know, we had a, a car with oxidised single stage paint, um, and the key to this was hand applied. Yes, that was a qualifying factor. So there were a lot of products. Uh, there are some products there that are predominantly like for example the Cochamy which is most would apply by machine but it had to say on the label or directly from the manufacturer that this could be applied by hand um, which ruled out a lot of the finer cot, com finer cot and finishing compounds because it was very much a, a, you a lot know. of there. Yeah. Did I? Yeah. The Freudian slipped inside your mother. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know quite where I was going. So yeah, had to, be, had to be. Had to be. <laughs> I'd be part of my game. Terrible <laughs> So yes, this has to be something that you can apply by hand at home on a on your car, be it simple old school paint or be it modern UHS. Um, and the so, other brief was that it had to be what we would normally class as a glaze. So something that you would on to shine up the car in simplest terms shine up the car and add something in the terms you're adding the shine rather than creating the shine well just a, a product that product that would give shine and protection by hand yes and that's shine let it shine and so we focused on three key areas one was the kind of correction ability of it because again it's not it's not the primary purpose but aios uh have oh 
Ayo. Ayo. have uh, you know mild abrasives in. Then there is the filling element, which is really the kind of the, the crux of the glaze is the kind of the filling ability. And then the final bit was a protection. Um, and so we were kind of quite a broad range of products. Some of them described themselves with glazes and didn't have any claims to protection uh, or any claims to correction. And then some of them claimed to correct your paintwork fill everything and offer long-lasting protection. So there was a bit of a snorker's board in there. Anywho. Snorker's board? Snorker's board. Snorker board. A snorker board? A Is that like a board of sausages? Snorkers, what no, else? Smorgas board, smorgas board. A board full of smorgas is That's what you're talking about. Snorker board is a board full of sausages. Yes. Snorker's board sounds something you can have on the raccoons. <laughs> Serral sneer. Ah, you on the snorker's board? Um, so we tested it on the by hand on the Renault's roof and created a. Sorry, that's the Renault. It, I mean, that's no, it's not. The Renault now starts on the button very nicely. Does indeed. it? Yeah, it? Great value at two nine nine five. Have either of you heard it run since it's been rebuilt? In my mind, I watched a video of when we had it. Matt. That, yes. That, that yeah, it sounded good. awesome. Um, You've ruined it with a fixed exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> yes, less rorty now. Uh, another thing we looked at as well because we think it's quite important with hobby users yes. is. Taste, smell, and usability. Taste, smell, and usability. Yep. Don't taste them. We're only joking. No, that's what um, I'm But here packaging for. as well. I'll stick my tongue in so you don't have to. Uh, that was probably not well thought out. Um, um, we're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting this one play all the way through. <laughs> um, okay. Ian and I are quite critical when it comes to packaging, especially... Squeezy bottle lids and spray triggers. And all, mm-hmm. and all white boxes with random... I like it. Oh, I don't. See, my problem with whiteness is it's very difficult to photograph nicely, which is... You put it on a black background. Yeah, but then it's inconsistent. Photographing 101. It's consistent. Mm-hmm. I put it on a green background. No, because... Do you remember when Bert put it in a green oh, light room? <laughs> on, on your request, <laughs> I've done them all nicely on a medium grey... And then, oh no, shoot them again in green. Oh yeah, that was a great idea. Yeah, it worked great. So if you look at, was it issue 11? No, issue 10. 10. Everything's got, got a slight, green tint. Slight hulkness of ours. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the, the caps or the squeezy lids, if you're a hobby user, the last thing you want to do is get covered in polish when you're out doing some DIY unless detailing on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Unless it's a very specific fetish. Yeah, I mean, yep. some of them smell great. Well, and you'd, some of them, some of them, you know, Zymor, I'd happily have a bath in Zymor. Yes, now we're yeah, to the natural argument. Yeah, yeah, I think the solvents uh, I'm addicted to. Well, no, I mean, Zymor, I think it's got vitamin E and 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 it's got electrolytes. Scotch. Yeah, it's yeah, got, no, it's all it's what cars crave. <laughs> no, the Zymor generally, I would be happy to take a bath in too. I mean, not at the same time, that'd be weird. Um, yeah, that, that would be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's like on your otherwise. own, it's fine. Um, but just to give you a quick rundown, obviously we're not going to go through all the results at this point and stuff like that, but we have got a real range of sort of mixture of trade products right the way to kind of high-end professional products and then everything in between. So I'm going to say as quickly as I possibly can before my voice gives away, which is, is potentially quite soon, uh, every single product in the test. Um, with the agreement of the others. Um, so we're going to go Autosmart Topaz, Mother's Polishing Glaze, Reaper Detailing Venom, Diamond Bright Seal and Shine, Sonax Final, Expert 60 Resin Polish AM Details Glaze, Starnagloss Scara, Wax Planet Luba Glaze, Valet Pro Purple Passion, Alchemy Dark Matter, Monster Shine Gloss Lock, Zymol Cleaner Wax, Crystal Clean Detail Regloss, Poor Boys Black Hole, Autoglim SRP, Autoglans AIO, Brightmax AIO, Kochimi Lack Polish Grun, Dodo Juice Need for Speed, Gliptone Pro Buff, Cartech Perfect Polish, Vonix V80, Gelson PS57, Soft 99 Micro Liquid Compound, Turtle Wax Ceramic Acrylic Black Wax, Nanolex SIO1, Angel Wax Enigma AIO, 
Labo Cosmetica Vinichae and Carpro Essence. This one again? Carpro Essence. Sorry, I, I was trying to indicate that I'd muted you whilst he was doing his little monologue thing there. Oh, am I off mute now? Sure. Um, so we treated the top of the Renault and then we used our black panels which we actually got sprayed a while ago for the new car protection test Mm -hmm. and we applied it on there and we invited uh, Sir John of Delu over Delu forensic detailing um, who was great he injected a real energy and a nice third party kind of I mean we're all frankly I think he injected all of the energy by that point because I was about spent yeah yeah no Uh, just just in summary um, John's opinion was yeah it's pretty good (laughs) <laughs> for everything, for everything. <laughs> um, but uh, interestingly we got lots of subjective and then more kind of scientific scores using our row point uh, gizmo which is really really cool our Glosgonio photometer more specifically um, so we took lots of readings there and then I asked uh, James, Ian and John to each in silence mark each of the kind of the results and then well, I took so, all those another, in. another thing to note as well is we actually wet sanded all of the panels yes. um, we were trying to work out a way of Having a uniform, having madness. a uniform starting point, yep. and having a measurable end point, and we tried it with fifteen hundred. Probably four K at first, and then we went down to fifteen hundred. That was the other way around. Other way around, yeah. Was it? Yeah, we started at fifteen, and, <laughs> and it they didn't, didn't do much, and we ended up doing four K on a DA sander, yes. wet, um, and that got us the results we were after, yeah. more or less, give or take. So, well, it, it provided the platform upon which they could almost all make an improvement of some description. And the very weakest products made a very minor improvement. And the stronger ones really made it look pretty good from certain angles. Um, so well, they've just given away the entire results. Well, I didn't say which ones were which, did I? <laughs> um, and you'll be delighted to hear that in this test, normally in, in mega tests, we have a habit of, well, we have a habit of not necessarily saying this is the best overall. We'll we're say, too impartial. Just say it. No, we're not. We will say it's horses for courses quite often. You there know, is not no one, one true way. Yes, that sort of <laughs> there thing. There can be no winner. But in this test, yeah. you'll be delighted Look. to know that we had <laughs> a, a selection of three products <laughs> that were commended. There. Stop interrupting. <laughs> this is important. Um, three products that were commended because we felt that they... they bought Turned his mic off now. It's fine. You really have turned my mic off, you bastard. <laughs> oh, it's come back in. Bastard. <laughs> Something about um, gonorrhea? What? Yeah, okay, they turned my mic off. Anyway, so we had three commended products, and all three of those are interesting. They're quite specialist uh, and well worth a go, and they might actually be your go-to for certain specific circumstances. There is no second and third. We had to split second place across two products because they were dead level. They were dead level, but in different ways. That's the key. So, yeah, but there was there was <clears throat> there was absolutely no way we could award one of them more than the other because they were both fantastic in their own right, just not as good as first place. And yeah, f- yeah first place was by it, far, far and away the it best. By far the best yeah. out there. It was um, a total standout product. That, and and to me, bear in mind, I'm not a professional detailer by any measure. And I sometimes, uh, you know, when I'm looking at the results the guys doing the machines are doing, I'm like, okay, well that's great. That's the results. That's what they feel. They've got a, a kind of a, an opinion and a right to that opinion, hard earned over many years. This product I use by hand, by machine. We did it on the Renault big time, and I, you know, to the this, point where I'm buying a bottle myself. This consistently came top across all the tests. You know, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't just win the scientific element of the test. It won across every single. Yeah, the subjective part. Um, the only thing that. I would slightly mark it down on was the packaging wasn't as inventive as some of the others. It does smell of Lenore. 
it smells exactly like Lenore, and it is Summer Breeze. I've done my research. Yes, but I like Lenore Summer Breeze. No, it's it's different to have something that doesn't smell like your kids are going to drink it and go to hospital. Let's there be honest, that. that's one of the most dangerous things in the industry. Is You're saying that as if my child wouldn't drink Lenore. Yeah, well, to be fair, I mean, I'd, I'd consider know, it. It and, softens your insides. And what's interesting also, there is a slight, there is kind of, flavour-wise, it's kind of a bit nutmeggy. Um, and actually, the, the, the stomach pumping didn't hurt that much last time. Don't, 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 uh, don't root chemicals. Yeah, don't, don't. Can we just have a quick shout out to uh, Ian's depression that the product he wanted has been discontinued because it's not 1998 anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Of of the 30 products, we each got one that we could choose with no questions asked. Um, James picked Zymol. Mine nearly won, let's be honest. James nearly won. I I still have a couple of bottles of my my product in in the cupboard, and we tried it on there, and it was fucking awesome still. Yeah, Yeah, but it wasn't a winner. It doesn't count. You can't buy it. It wouldn't have won. You can't buy it. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I could have I made it my own, yeah. my own polish that would have been better than well, And we also had two prototype products, which were sent by manufacturers who entered their current product lineup. And the answer is the prototypes were better than the current ones. But actually, in, in, a, in the testing that we did, at least, they wouldn't have altered the overall ranking of the winner. Not so, only that, you can't go and buy them. Yet. But by the time that you get around to reading, listening to this, you might At be able At time to. of print, you can't go and buy them. And Absolutely. for us, we want our readers to say, oh, well, I'm going to go and try it. So yeah. it's nice to feature them, but we have to... And to be fair, we did leave printing really, really late, so they have plenty of opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've still got a week. You can still get it into production. Um, this brings us on to the next session. We go into our kind of trader talk area. And wellness is a very popular new, newish section. Um, and this time, we talk about all sorts of things, but Erin, would you like to? This talk was a about really it? good one, in my opinion. This yeah. imposter, because I'd never heard of it. I can't. I can't remember where it came up. It was. You sent me a link and said, "Does this ring?" I any think. Bells? I think this first came up. I was listening to something on on radio about it, and it just came up in conversation. Imposter syndrome, and then the next week, uh, I saw a link for it on some scientific journal I was reading, and He's very just well read, snowball. As you do. Yeah. Say reading. I'd James and I just pornography. I had to put the fish in Car something. Pornography. Uh, but no, yes. imposter syndrome, and it it's quite odd how many chords it did strike with me and with everybody after that I spoke to it about imposter yeah. syndrome. How you don't you 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 feel like you you somehow don't belong in a career in a in the in the medium you're operating in. Yeah, you basically feel like you're acting in yes. the role that you've got rather than actually doing the role you've got. A yeah. kind of fundamental insecurity that leads to anxiety and all sorts of unpleasantness. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's going to be it's not just for people who are mildly insecure or uh, introverted this happens to everyone and especially in this industry where there is no hard fast degree or sciences. oh you are now a detailer. Mm. Yeah, there is, there's loads yeah, but no. You're a master detailer now. I've been here for two days. <laughs> well, uh, the best comparison would be imagine um, lying on your CV saying you're a professional race driver and then suddenly being put on the uh, the pit straight lined up next to the likes of Schumacher. Well, Schumacher, you probably beat Schumacher nowadays. Who have but, you been but talking to? Ralph. But Well, Ralph. Well, he hey, Ralph was pretty good. Probably, hey, yeah. hey, Ralph held yeah, no, lap he, records in a BMW for many, said, many Yeah, years. but he's saying you might beat Schumacher, so really it's, it's down to Ralph at the moment. <laughs> or, uh, or, you know, Dennis Bergkamp's son who is a footballer for your reference, and oh, okay. he's just signed for Watford. Right. Whereas Dennis Bergkamp was, uh, you know, okay. World Cup, won the World Cup 
player for Holland and Euro Championship winner. So you're on the grid. To your left, you've got Fangio. To the right, you've got Dennis Burkamp. Everything's <laughs> a little bit confusing. And we come back to talking about a magazine for a yes. change. And, and so that, that's where you get that kind of fear. And you suddenly think, oh, crikey, I probably shouldn't have put professional race driver on my CV. And it's that kind of internal monologue of fear that happens. And, and Good with roundabouts would have probably been slightly more accurate. Until you're taken to Swindon and told to be a taxi driver. In an A5. <laughs> <laughs> over the roundabout the straight over roundabout. the roundabout <laughs> i go south of the M4 mate <laughs> um, so, so yeah I, yeah, I don't, don't know I can't remember now how far I got on the explanation of imposter syndrome but that's imposter syndrome I, yeah I, read I, the magazine I, it's, basically, yeah. it's basically the fear of fear of being found out for something <laughs> you're actually being, quite yeah. good at and basically the fear that you're imposting you're, you're an imposter in, in imposting imposting yeah. And it, it's only amplified now by, again, you know, we, we harp on against social media and the, the illusion of perfect life that it creates. Yeah, yeah. But everybody out there is showing photos of perfectly finished fa- panels, which may not look perfect in the correct light, but you're thinking, oh, how are they getting these results and I'm not? How are they doing this and I'm not? Oh, why is this Why is this detailer just doing supercars? Because he works Saturdays at a supercar garage. And amazingly, it it's the only one that he bothers to photograph. Yes, he washes Washing. them and takes takes photos at good angles. In reality, he's done a twenty minute job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's about it's about getting out of your head and into the frame of mind that actually we're all in this boat together <laughs> to a certain extent. And don't take what you see on social media and what people are telling you. Have belief in your with own skills. Yeah. Social media is mostly lies. And go off the feedback from customers, not people online. Customers yes. are the ones that are paying the bills. Not followers. Yeah. One like, one prayer. <laughs> Hot shingles in your area. <laughs> Hot shingles. It was the oh. shed. It was the shed sale. <laughs> um, and the next one was dermal barriers, um, mm. which linked nicely into the helping hands. Can I just say I spent almost half an hour on that graphic. It was. It's, it's, it's a nice graphic. I, I, I think I spent the other half an hour trying to spell transapengenial. You did well. Well, we yeah. got freebies. I can write it. I can't. I can't. Companies. I can't pronounce it. We um, got some 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 freebie hand like rubbing stuff, which was fun too. Yeah, but yeah. then we had to knock that off because you forgot about an advert. Oh yeah, there was that. Yeah. So that's yeah. not in there. So let's not mention that. Okay, that's not. But we had some hand creams to try as barrier creams, repairing hand creams. Mm-hmm. Um, don't work on hemorrhoids. That's the point. I need to give you my tester back again. I'll finish with it now. I don't. Uh, but yeah, we basically talk about the use of chemicals and how they damage our hands and how people um, should be wearing gloves all the time. And even when they are wearing gloves, they should use hand cream because your hands get damp and sweaty in gloves. Just not on the gloves. You put it on the hands first, then use the gloves. Don't put the hand cream on the gloves. It doesn't work. And it's Although the gloves do become nice and soft. Yeah. That's a strange at which point, you, at which point you're going to put a, uh, rubber a pearl bracelet in, on and meet rubber the gloves covered in cream is a strange image. <laughs> and we're back to hemorrhoids. Um, but we basically talk about how solvents and detergents can strip the oils out of your skin and start to damage the very important part of our dermal layers. Layers. Yes. Um, so you went scary, Mary Berry. There, I did. It's it's my natural oh, state. Look at the nails. <laughs> scary Berry. <laughs> scary scary Berry. Berry. Uh, uh, it's a Ben and Jerry's flavour, isn't it? 
gin and berries. And then we've got... Well, we've got... we uh, just Interview through, with Soft99. Yeah, with uh, Damien, who we've also done a video interview, which is on YouTube back in Germany when they launched the uh, Fuso Mark II. And we also have an interview with Detailing Girl as well earlier on in the magazine. So lots of interviews in this mag. At Detailing Girl. At Detailing Girl, my bad. Um, then we have a, I think, a, 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 a graphic representation of a Ford Transit with a curious-looking chap on the back of it. Yeah, well done for all those who spotted Bert's Crime Stoppers advert. Um, he still hasn't been found. <laughs> he has a beard now, a beard. Yeah, but I and have to keep hair. on making it bigger and smaller. Less hair. Yeah, his hair's migrated onto his face <laughs> from my forehead. Down, he's still black. And, he's still black and white. Though, so that's okay. <laughs> God, I miss being a teenager. Um, anyway, um, so we have a van build which is with Andrew Southall, and that's fascinating, particularly if you're a professional valeter or mobile detailer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he's built up his van from dot and given a like photo step-by-step -step guide and all sorts of things you should consider. So well worth a read. Um, the next article is a big one, which is promoting your car care business. So. Uh, with my PVD hat on, I spend a lot of time helping members promote their business uh, through sort of conventional and non-conventional routes. And so I thought we'd write, write about it. It's actually part of a two-part article because I got to many thousands of words. But it's, um, got a, but it's got a little private aircraft with a banner that he flies over town centres with business names on. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Conquer um, out. <laughs> it's great. Those F-18s keep chasing me. Um, but the uh, whole idea is if you are running business, and frankly, this applies to anyone offering who's a kind of owner operator of a local based business so it's not just car care professionals not necessarily local to us not Lo local yeah. to them yeah you can be outside of gloucestershire if you must um but the idea is how can you, you mean you... like you are yeah i'm living I'm in Wiltshire. swindon i've ascended to swindon no wiltshire pilchard pilchard ah that's all right. He lives in the Swindon suburbs. He's, o he's only uh, acting Charlie Big Potatoes because they're green on the COVID map now. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're no, dark no blue. No one's been infected in my little village because there only There's nobody in here. your little village. Yeah. Either that or they've all died already. Well, the old people have died <laughs> off. Yeah, it's think, great. Oh, oh no, let's go to that little village. Oh, God, no, it's in Swindon. Oh, it's not Ooh. in Swindon. What's your postcode? The same postcode, postcode as most of Wiltshire. What is your postcode? Okay, so it's, it's Salisbury in Swindon. Because that's oh no that's an SA isn't it? Damn it! What, what, what's Sorry, your what? what's your postcode start with? An S, and, and that's all you need SN. to know. There is an N somewhere in there, possibly. Snindon. <laughs> okay, but that's by the by. So we talk about SEO. We, well, actually, do we talk it's about SEO? No, SEO is in part two. Um, yeah, you can see the M4 from my bedroom window. That's why I picked you it. You can feel it. I, I, you can feel, feel it. it. Yes, <laughs> the whole thing shakes. Um, but it was cheap. Um, so. Uh, that's well worth a read. Anyway, uh, we then briefly hit a article written very kindly by Steve Miller of Valet Pro fame, which is about Brexit uh, subtext. Of, of the Steve Miller band. Of the Steve Miller band variety. Brother of Edward Miller band. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Former former um, VP or something of, of BMW GP. Who? Um, Steve. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, I told you repeatedly. I thought we'd be a bit bored of it, but oh, you're being sarcastic. Um, so, what's interesting is this was written before. I was wondering when you're going to get into that. Before the Brexit <laughs> thing, and uh, now we're in the Brexit thing, and we have experienced issues. Um, Brexit both, means Brexit. Don't complain. Yeah, no. Well, Brexit I, I, means Brexit. Yeah, well, I probably shouldn't have voted, but the um, point being is that I know importers here are struggling to get raw materials to make stuff. I know that they're also end users are struggling to buy stuff from Europe. Uh, and we know exporting is getting quite hard work too. So hopefully, yeah. it's only a temporary thing 
whilst they iron things out. I don't think they're going to let us back at this point. No, but they might allow us to start buying from European shops again. I well, can't see that they're going to keep stop us forever. Money. Yeah, well, hey, we'll see. On a side note, though, new trade deal with Japan. Yay Woo! for crazy packaging. Yay. <laughs> on <laughs> another side note, the 10% import tax that they put on JDM cars or Japanese cars for UK markets has been dropped by the EU too. So there's no oh. commercial advantage there. Um, but yay for crazy packaging. Yay for crazy packaging. Let's focus on that, shall we? Smooth eggs for everyone. <laughs> and, and dirty underwear vending machines, which is apparently a thing as well. Hey, we've got pizza vending machines in the UK now. Have it's we? called Domino's. No, no, no that's no, not no. a vending machine. I've been there. There are people. No, the, well, these are like genuine pizza vending machines where you go up, choose your pizza, put money in, and then it just slides out of a drawer. I'm gluten intolerant now. I can't have pizzas, so thanks. Well, sucks for you. Yeah. I'll eat yours. I'll eat yours. <laughs> really does um anyway show us a shop we did with peter davis which is a quick look around at a detailer studio again our mate peter and we're gonna have a quick interlude i think we're gonna have a quick interlude so see you later so now uh we are looking at the tail end of issue 12 and uh this is primarily our showcase write-up so uh, we've taken since issue 11 the idea of getting our own car or buying a car, which we did in this case, specifically um, to go to town in a detailing kind of way on it. So this time we bought a 1988 Renault 5. It is a 1.4 TR, which 1. big 2. news. 1.2. It yes. is a 1.2. It's 1.2. Checks um, on the V5. Yeah. Um, Life would be much simpler if it was a 1.4. Yes, <laughs> in many, many CV-related ways. If, if there's anybody out there that's holding a pair of CV joints for a 1.2 Renault 5, 1989, 1988, 88. please get in touch, yes. desperately. <laughs> We're waiting for some from Germany. The irritating thing is that on the box fan version of it, it's that you can find it easily. It's just for the normal hatchback. hatchback. Nothing yeah. is actually listed for it, but it's not the same... <laughs> anyway, part woes Ow. aside, we decided to get this sort of cooking model because uh, we couldn't afford a turbo. And um, we bought it quite cheap, but it was a good solid car in terms of, well, I mean, there's a bit of rust and stuff, but we fixed all that. Um, it was, it's a cooking model. It's not an exciting car. It's not a car that even when new people lusted after. Um, but we felt it was a car we could add a lot of value to. With it's cool, more... but cool, but a bit of retro chic now. It though. is, it is. It's a kind of hipster cool now, I fear. Um and so we spent about two and a half weeks overall, I guess, working on it. Not full time, but we put a lot of effort into it. Stripped out the interior, um, did a lot of work there. We did a lot. We even took the engine out, partly to change things like head gaskets and, and valves and stuff, but also uh, primarily to do the engine bay and the engine itself, clean that up really nicely. Mm -hmm. Recoloring um, all the plastics. Recolored plastic, that was very cool. I ram up for that from for, Color Lock. Indeed. Um, James has just put the football on on Sorry. his phone. He's that bored. I'm not bored. It's just, um, you know, football. It's football. Who oh, do you support losing? again? Oh, I don't care. Um, the um, <laughs> We the, don't mention who we support. It's not fashionable you support, You anymore. both support Arsenal, don't you? And you? Which is, are you like third division now or Vauxhall Conference? Jesus, have you seen football in the last 25 years? No, it used to interfere with me watching Gladiators. You'll be talking about Johnson Paints League next. I love that you think that oh. Vauxhall can still afford to sponsor a division. <laughs> Well, it, I always got confused because it's also a place in London that you go through. Funnily um, enough, guess who uh, originated there? Was it your football team? Hang on, I've actually got that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> incredible knowledge of uh, manufacturers and where they're from. Yeah. They're I, in Ellesmere Port now, aren't they? Uh, 
mostly. Most, well, they're going to go back to France soon. Um, <clears throat> what? Vauxhall? Yeah, well, yes. Well, because they're owned by, by PSA. What? What? Vauxhall or GM? G- no. no. Yes. 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 No, GM sold them. When? Like last year? No, they did a they they've done a, a model collaboration thing with PSA. No, they sold them. But that just brings down Look, the overall quality get, of PSA. You have to get Google out. That's why the Vauxhall Corsa is a Peugeot two hundred eight. It it it's been sold wholesale to them because they've got factories in Germany. So let's hang on. Let's see, this is getting way off topic. But can we just? So how many cars are based on the Peugeot two hundred eight now? Because you've got the BMW Mini, allegedly. Maybe. Well, the engines. Or has that changed now? No, I thought it's just is the that engines. all BMW now. No, they just did. Well, they just did the, en- the 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 Tritec engine in it, didn't they? Yeah, it was, oh, it was no, from no. R fifty six onwards. A yeah, Tritec so n- engine. Yeah, yeah, now it's actually a BMW again because it's got the one point five out of the i eight in right. it. Right. Yes. Well, very cool engine. Very, very cool, cool engine, engine, but slightly less output than it does have in the i eight. Um, but no, uh, it's it's owned by PSA. It it truly is because uh, GM flogged it, and there was a big kerfuffle because they feared that if they did sell it entirely to PSA, then all the jobs would go abroad. It was a big kerfuffle because they, they sold it as a perfect company, and after a year, the paint on Vauxhall's actually gone pink. So. Well, Who there, needs there to lacquer cars in 2006? Yeah, yeah. well, quite. quite. So <laughs> Which is sad, because I rather like the Insignia now. That's oh, shut oh, up. Give over. Sports Tora. I think it's oh, quite sorry, a sexy no, looking car. No, actually, uh, I'll have, uh, have to agree with you on that. The yeah. new... Brand new Insignia Sports Tour is actually very nice. Yeah, it's a good the old one. Car. Oh, just well, it's not even worth mentioning. Yeah, well, I, I love my I haven't Astro looked at the Vauxhall range since about 2012. Yeah, and the lights from the new Astro are very oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's why I stopped. <laughs> yeah. You had a Frontier though. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, no, I didn't actually. I had an Isuzu. No, you had a Frontier. Don't don't. Oh yeah, it was an Isuzu Frontier. No, no, it was a Frontier. Was it? Did you put Isuzu badges on it? Just Aren't they called a there? Moo? No, there's Mobile an Isuzu new. engine in it. Yeah, but so did my Disaster. My Disaster had the GM one in the 1.7 CDTI, which was nice. Yeah, mine had a proper 1.7 Isuzu in it. Eight yeah, valve. Which was a DTI. The 3.2 V6, because that's the proper Isuzu engine in the box. No, no, the 1.7, it was put in most yeah. forklifts. So this Renault, <laughs> um, we we spent a long time on it. Uh, we used, obviously, the paint for some of the Mega Tests, but then we went over with the Mega Test winner on the whole lot. And for once, I actually got involved with doing some of the machine polishing. It wasn't like proper machine polishing. It was applying a glaze by machine. but um, And that was very satisfying. We uh, restored a lot of grey plastic, and we actually mixed solution finish black or conventional solution finish with solution finish fusion grey uh, to create exactly the right tint. And it came out really nicely. Uh, we replaced a hubcap, which was fun. Uh, the rear parcel shelf had a suit holder because business people in the 80s obviously drove Renault 5. I mean, not very good business people, but kind of middle That's of the road business take, people. take the suit with them. Yes, <laughs> exactly. They were actually selling suits. Um, he, he's the one standing at the back. The boss always threw the coffee at, so he had to go downstairs and change halfway through the day. Yes. Yeah, he also had to change back into his bread delivery clothes between yeah. meetings. Well, in those days, we all sweated and smoked, didn't we? It was good time. Um, anyway, um, so read up about that. We did a lot of pages on that. I can't remember, about 16 or 20 pages, something like that. Yeah, just, a, just an interesting thing about the design, because we do actually spend a bit of time designing this magazine. And yes, well, you researching do. And just stuff. I, I, I write words. You make the, it pretty. The overall design, the palette, the <laughs> shape layer, everything like that, is actually based on a an advert from the 1970s. For Renault. Uh, for for Citroen for oh. Citroen uh, Ren- in, in. Renault adverts in the, in the seventies and sixties were but ugly and awful. Uh, Citroen have always been awesome at design. Somewhere there's a French designer screaming. Them. Somewhere there's a French designer screaming inside that used to work for Citroen. No, he's probably died of, of smoking a long time ago. 
But now, of the to be French fair, there's cars, probably a German designer that used to work for Citroen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. have designed stuff. <laughs> so, of the brands, James, quick question: If you were forced, and and it's not about models, it's about overall. Uh, BMW. No, Renault, Citroen, or Peugeot. Peugeot, without a doubt. Ian. Renault, well, Citroen, or Peugeot. Citroen. You see, I'm Citroen too. I thought you were gonna. I thought we were gonna have the tr- the, the 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 big triple because I thought you were gonna go Renault because no, you've because we've got we've got a capture, so that's why I'm not voting <laughs> Renault because it's shit. Because I'm I'm halfway between Citroen and Peugeot, which is handy that no, C- Citroen have always been fantastic. Um, my my other had French and used to have a Citroen C6 as his company car, and that Ooh. was ridiculously luxurious. Yes, so so many tricks on it. And the problem is Peugeot sold out, didn't they? They sold out in like 2006 and they started producing like cheap... In fact, the 307... Was terrible. 307 and the 407 were just awful. 406, incredibly good car. Incredibly good. And in many different ways because the estate was really good. Yeah, my brother's brother's still got one now. The 2-litre HDI go on forever. Then you've got the Coupe, which they did... Great cars. Great cars. Did they do the 2.7 HDI V6 and that was at the 407? It's four oh seven. The three yeah. the three liter V six petrol was in the four oh seven six yeah. coupe. Okay, but, but look at current models. What in the Peugeot range? Not counting the or oh, GTI or anything else, but just on the car shape in general and the overall aesthetic. What Peugeot would you have currently? That new three oh eight. No, three... no, no, that new weird kind of crossover. And I hate crossovers. The new, the latest Peugeots are incredibly nice looking cars. Yeah, I agree. They do a mid-sized crossover. 3008 or 5008, it's, I think. Yeah, one of those. I think it's not five because they're massive, aren't they? What about, what about the Renault? Uh, Renault would have to oh, be... Well, the McCann Cup, be, but that's a... The, yeah. if we, if we're not the, going Kajar, from, the Kajar, the, the top-end model of the Kajar is actually quite nice inside. Don't they do one above that? What's the bigger one? Yeah, the Kalios, is it? Ka- no, Kalos is not... Oh, it might be. They, oh, no, I'm thinking of the... There's a, Kia or Hyundai Kalos, which was a little tiny. Kalos. Oh, yeah, no, that's the... Yeah, that's different. The Chevrolet Kalos. That's it, which was a Daewoo. No, shh, 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 not Daewoo. I, I moved a double mattress in the back of one of those once. How did you move it? <laughs> what I were you fold, doing? I folded it up and <laughs> stuffed it in. Sorry, come on. <laughs> oh, you're watching the blooming football. Um, so somebody has scored against Arsenal by the looks. No. Um, okay, well, I'll just say yes. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, Citroën's, though... I Citroën, mean, though, DS... Oh, like so the many DS Ranger, fantastic. Yeah, but the the thing is, I always see DS as a different. I quite like the a different the, brand. Quite it's like a the like, characters crossover. And see yeah. and see and Cupra because they've split them up now. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, Infinity, Nissan, all the rest of it. The, the but in terms of what's been the most innovative Renault, all I can think of is Aventine and Belsartis. I can't think of any innovative Renaults. Whereas oh, you can, apart from the F ones. Well, yeah. Fairly in- innovative. Well, Cavalier yeah, James you know. is going to talk about how he got an F1 to wax stock Renault thing, and that's good. Gonna... Yeah, but I could also talk about the X5 that had the Le Mans engine put in it from BMW. Now that is something special. Yes. Those, well, in what about the, the Espace? Most... They did an Espace with an F1 underpinning. I like think, but... <clears throat> regardless of which which one you go for, the the most innovative is always going to be Citroen. Yes, I'd agree. Is with it that. though? Because the Renault in the old days were the first to have digital dashboards, and they had. Talking things in the Renault uh, 7 Citroen SM the was Maestro. the first one to have rain detecting wipers, which was based on the, the motor resistance. Mm-hmm. It's quite cool. It had bendy headlights. 
Yeah, yeah. that it came had, in with the DS. It had the Hydrogas Huppy Downy. Yeah, DS19 again had all is of it those. Hydrogas? Hydrogas. Hydrolastic, yeah. Hydrogas is MG, isn't it? It saved De Gaulle, which is bizarre because we saved De Gaulle and then he screwed us when it came to try and get into the EU in the days when we wanted to be in the EU. And um, and then he, yeah, assassination attempts and the DS saved him. So he's been saved twice and let us down once. Renault 5 Turbo 1. That was pretty special. That's pretty cool. Turbo 2, obviously, I've got a. Yeah, special relationship. A soft made. spot for well, a hard spot sometimes. But then you've got the Peugeot. Traction's which, always going to be cool. Traction might have one. But then you've got the Peugeot, which was infinitely better. The what the T fifteen, two hundred five T sixteen. It was out of this world. Yeah. And for me, the Peugeot's won the Hotch Hat race every single time. Yeah. There wasn't a single hot hot hatch that could rival the equivalent Peugeot ever. In okay, my James, your favourite Peugeot hot hatch. The one you've just sold? Uh, 106 Rally <laughs> S2 in Indigo. Okay, mine is a 309, which is actually a Talbot underneath. Um, Renault Hot Hatch. No, one? Peugeot, oh, Peugeot, Peugeot Hot Hatch. Somebody's got to say a 205 1.9 GTI because that's a cool thing to say, but I don't believe so. Not that I've driven one. I've driven a 1.6. They're, they're pretty average, I'll be honest. A, yeah. a friend of mine had a few of them. The oh, 1.6 was good because it hit the limit in fifth gear and it yeah. was nippy. The 1.9 was fast. But really, the MI16 engine should have come in that car from standard. Yes, 405 MI16 was gorgeous. Incredible car. My mate yep. uh, Nick, hi Nick, lives in America. He had a 405 MI16 Le Mans, mm-hmm. which he then sold to our other mate, Alan. And um, <coughs> that was that was insane, that car. It was only, I think they were 170 horsepower, six speed, hmm. and it just went. It was ballistic. Well, I think yeah. for me, it's, it's going to be a uh, Peugeot 306 1.9 uh, diesel. Fascinating. Second fastest car on the planet. Which yes, one though? True story. Which one? Because it was the D Turbo Red S that was the best one, wasn't it? Well, they're, they're, t- they're generally in that sort of navy metallic blue with tinted out rear quarter windows. Yeah. HDI. Uh, yeah, because HDI, yeah. HDI one ten three door. No, no, they never never did a one ten in a three hundred six HDI. They did the ninety without the intercooler. I had two of them, and I absolutely adore them. And the D the D turbo there was more of a spec level by the HDI time. You had Cyclone fifteen inch wheels off the GTI six, um, and it had sports seats and various other bits and bobs. But the one point nine diesel uh, wasn't the HDI. That was more tunable. And their D-Turbo meant something because they had done something. So the D-Turbo 1.9 was a bit faster than non-D-Turbo. The D-Turbo the, the, the S was incredible. I there's one, there's one crucial fact you can always tell which one it is. is um, they Smoke. come and stand with a twat behind the wheel that will overtake an Arctic lorry on a blind, blind bend in a, uh, on a country lane. Yes. That's how you know it's that car. That's, and that's always the 1.9. His name's Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bell Trevor, if you're listening, you're a bell <laughs> Um, I love my 306. I'm sad yeah. it's gone, but I absolutely adored that. Oh, I, I have fond memories. But, Although I got into a 306, uh, Ian had a 306 that actually his parents bought new or something and he kept driving it until yeah. it was about 100 years old. And I borrowed it for some reason. And either I've got fatter, taller rather, and um, less manoeuvrable than I was because I tried drive. Well, I did drive it. You got horizontally taller. It was, <laughs> yes, it was, it was a squeeze. Whereas I, as a sales rep, I clocked up over 120,000 miles in the same car as a sales and, rep. And, and, and that was a 1997, so it was the new. Yeah, it was phase traces. two. Yeah. Oh, See, was mine was HDI, though. Mine, mine were both phase three HDIs. So you had the sports seats, which yes. are lower and deeper. If Ian's didn't have those, no, that's mine was a 1.6. So that's mm-hmm. why it feels higher and shorter ah it's fascinating well i broke down in mine when a bearing went at strength and services and this would have been about 2005 i broke down in mine every time i was seen out in public <laughs> yeah, <but> you're <laughs> more emotional um 
and the, and the, the AA came and said, we're not going to let you drive this. No, it's the RSC in those days before they sacked me off for being too unreliable. And um, You got sacked yeah. by, as a member yeah. of the AA? Yeah, they said, well, I was on my family membership and they basically said, uh, we're not covering, I, I something like 11 call-outs. Wow. In, th- in three months. And, wow. <laughs> and bear in mind, I was... I, <laughs> um, most of them required recovery. One it's of them, when you ring the call centre and they go, all right, Bert, you, <laughs> yeah. your mum's... <laughs> Pretty much that. I had one where the high-pressure diesel pump split and I put diesel all over the high street in Crawley at rush hour on a Monday morning. Worst things have happened in Crawley. It's true. That's true. I, did, I didn't have any disease by the end of it. But the irony was I managed to stick it back together just before the AA arrived. I said, I think that's what caused it. I fixed it. He looked at it. I think you have. He drove off with his flashing lights busting through traffic. I hovered behind him as if I was being towed. So people got out my way. I was that close. I wasn't being towed at all. You were tailgating. <laughs> In order to pretend to being towed. Is it BMW that had the SOS button? Oh, yeah. many, many cars do nowadays. Yeah. Does that just connect through straight to the AA? Or... No, no. It goes to BMW SOS. It doesn't go to Castrol or something. Do they try and upsell you? Have you considered getting some big alloy wheels? I'm currently upside down burning in my 3 Series. It's a subscription service. And the... I know Range Rover got it as well. And Jag. Jag had it. Jag Assist. So 7 Series went to um, almost like a security business. So if you had a 7 Series and you pressed SOS, it was a different... Different it was like pulling not, the ping at, pin out of a Brightling. There's not... Yeah, it's different. Oh, I've got a flat on my E60 or... I'm Help being, me! I'm in a seven series. I'm yeah. being pursued by international terrorists. <laughs> well, what what, car, what is what, your name? What, ah, Mugabe. What car is it where they sent a helicopter out? One of the oh, supercars. It, it was McLaren F1, and you had because you had a computer in the early McLaren. Well, in I was McLaren about to say F1s. they stopped doing that in McLaren. It's cost them too much. <laughs> yeah. Stop swearing, Ian. Um, but you had like the bit where you can un- you opened up the side of it. Not that I ever had one, obviously, and it had a SIM card in it. Could actually talk to the factory, and basically they they said it gave full diagnostics. From what I heard, it basically said broken <laughs> car broken. It was just a. You yeah. <laughs> spent a million quid getting the car, so you wanted phone to- rings. Rowan, it, you, <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. It's Are you me upside again. down in a ditch? How's that tree, <laughs> Chewy? <laughs> How's the insurance company paying out for they the rebuild? They fixed that, you know. They, they did fix yeah. that. Yeah, car. you had them over the barrel. I remember 1. seeing 2 that on or the, something like that. Was it? Yeah, oh, I remember seeing it on the front of the newspaper when I was a kid, and it was just like, mm. as a kid, it only happened four or five years ago. No, didn't what? Rowan Atkinson's crash. Yeah, it was like, was it was like ninety one. Yeah. No, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was when it first came out because the McLaren F1 was in the Need for Speed that I played at the time, which was on like PlayStation okay. One. So it must okay, be like well, five. He's, he's crashed something more expensive more recently than because was it a Mini? Was he driving well, it from no, the roof in an armchair with a broom out of one? Hand. I saw him in an RS6. Actually, he used to it drive an RS6. It might have been his W16 Phantom. Uh, He's got a W16 Phantom. It's the only one in the world. I, I don't know, but it was one where he had managed to get the insurance company, even though they said, right, it's a write-off. He managed to get the insurance company. I'm Googling this. Um, uh, to pay up for restoration. And yeah, he basically... typewriter. It was more than... Um, how do you Google. spell Rowan? R-O-W-A-N. Uh, that's it. Um, how do you auto- spell it? Well, my auto auto completion thing, Atkinson uh, car accident. Well, McLaren F1 accident is the one. Honestly, yeah, it's true just in case he's a serial accident apparently he's quite a good driver hmm. my mum and dad have both just got their vaccination oh congrats. oh that's good work well done. they're gonna have like, a vaccination party where they just go around to everybody's house just coughing. lick them <laughs> just gonna go licking people 
Mr. Bean crashes yeah. McLaren F1 twice. Oh, okay. So he's done it twice. Ah. So the second time was in 2015. One careful ah. owner. What was the first time? <laughs> One careful owner. Uh, first time in 1990. Uh, hang on. Where are you, British comedian. Uh, uh, uh. No, I think it 90, he purchased it in 97. Okay, so it must have been late, no, late 90s. Two serious, yeah, in 1999, drove into the back of a Rover Metro. Yeah, it was when he was coming off the, off the uh, off motorway, off a slip road. He caused damage to the bonnet. Um, yeah, and then he's, despite being 18 years old, costing around half a million quid, uh, Atkinson <laughs> paid 640. Well. Yeah. yeah, and he also has a 250 GTO Berlinetta, apparently. Anyway, so back sausage. to the magazine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we've kind of gone a bit tangent here. Yeah, well, I quite like how we're looking right. through the. Uh, I'm just looking through the Renault article, and I do love some of the uh, the engine out suspension photos. We've got a bit dripping with snow foam. I enjoyed doing the photography there. The, the the behind the scenes cock up thing, which actually I wrote a fair bit about, but when Ian put it in, he kind of reduced the amount that he said about it, which was when we decided to pressure wash a fan. And um, there's a white central fan in the engine bay, which is for the HVAC, for the heating ventilation. And we were doing the engine bay, and we were basically... Where does that fun go? It, it, it well, literally to the, uh, to, the, to the, what's it called? To Inside. Yes. Ah. Yes, so we had just done the interior. I thought it was a turbo. I was, I, was, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was just cleaning the oil off of it. We'd done the interior the week before, weekend before, and dried it out, and it was all lovely. And we were just basically getting a little overexcited with our pressure washer, and we decided to start hitting, it, hitting the fan with a bit of gentle pressure, and it started spinning, which we found very satisfying. So we pricked it with a bit more pressure, yeah. and it made a lovely noise, a sort of turbine noise. So then we decided I to... I did take that out. You took something out. I thought it was that that you took out. There was something that I was quite no, proud was, of. No, it was just some other inane rambling And this is why okay. you really shouldn't be here alone, you two. I say, this is why you should really well, read the magazine. <laughs> well, I do, but then once it's in design, I try not to fiddle with it too much because I get in trouble if I do In that. design or in, 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 in design? In design, in design. In in design. Yeah, during it, it, when it's being in design designed. squared. In, in the in design. In designception. Yes. Thank you, Adobe. Um, so, yeah, uh, and we started squirting and we thought we were being very clever. It was quite fun. Wheeled it inside and then I noticed two wet patches in the footwell. And it's because, of course, we've been squirting high pressure water in through the HVAC, which had done that. So we but, felt very silly. But, but footwells were really clean. They were. We did have a slight argument whether we should put a dehumidifier in because I thought we should and you thought, no, it'll dry on its own and can't be bothered. So More the second. Oh, yeah. they'll yeah. only rot once. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I've heard that before. I mean, there's already holes in the floor pan we get eventually. Oh, it was holy. I mean, those not. Great no, car, it's not. Great, great car. car. Two thousand pounds. No, two nine nine five. One nine nine five. five. <laughs> oh, I imagine if it was a one point seven GTX. Uh, well, one point seven was a diesel. I thought they did a GTX petrol. Oh, let's not get. But it's not a one point seven. Back on topic. Okay. Fi okay final, okay. final little bit of article here was something that Bert wrote, and this was it was how, a polemic. Yeah, a bit of a polemic, a bit of a, a how how people in the industry saw the support they received from Gov. Yeah, and it was it lack was, up thereof. Yeah, there's, I mean we've, we've touched on it before, though, haven't we? There's there's definite there's a definite onus on the business operators to run their books adequately. Yes. Those that have, have been helped to a point. Um, with some exceptions, though. With some exceptions. The majority that have missed out, it's because their bookkeeping has been... A little bit cash and handy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so frankly... I was, was going to be a bit more uh, democratic about it. Democrat, I'll, I'll be a bit more diplomatic. That's something like the tax system's not really diplomatic set up to... <laughs> to try and give you as many loopholes as possible. It's up to you to try and find them. In this case, it hasn't worked out for you, but actually you probably find 
maybe not so much now there's another one going on at the moment but if it was just the one lockdown probably most people would be ahead over overall over over the five years yes you might have not the money now but you would have benefited the benefits long term yeah Yeah. but i would like to put a huge caveat here because there'll be somebody throwing something at something as a consequence of that and that is that if you'd started a new business or if you'd simply paid yourself in a perfectly legitimate way through dividend or whatever and you end up falling between the hoops um then yeah the, the government support has failed you the reason for that though is because there was an opportunity without that in place for people to set up spurious businesses as soon as they heard out which about they it. did hundreds try to yeah try to and claim as much as they could then shut the business down yeah so it's understandable why but there should have been some sort of appeals process with human uh, beings yeah an assessment should yeah. have been made. Where, where, where they really did mess up on this was nothing to do with the finance, I don't think, because that, that goes across all business areas. Uh, where they messed up and where they continue to flip-flop around is on the the definitions of who can and can't work and the reasons why not. Yes. And th- again, this, this goes off into podcasts that we've covered in the past and discussions we've all had anyway, I'm sure. And, um, now, and now we're in lockdown three, which is uh, different again and we're getting literally councils and, and more diversification so in the first one everybody was generally told to stop and they generally did not everybody but generally uh second one we didn't really notice did we i mean it was no. it was it was it was a non-event and the third I one i don't tend now, to go outside in november anyway i should <laughs> be writing a bloody magazine <laughs> well the second lockdown was the tiered system so it wasn't a full lockdown was it uh i think november was november, november was a uh, yeah. was supposed to be that circuit breaker yeah. idea wasn't it so there, there was really still work. there was tears going on all over the place um i thought that was december when we shut that down no december no, was tears yeah that was right. tears and then it kind of went into that tier four but don't go anywhere at christmas anyway. unless you want to but yeah. you can do but don't yeah if you, if you well want. i didn't we yeah. isolated for a week before with the hope of going down in the end we just thought no actually we're not going to so we mm-hmm. we haven't, haven't seen family for six months now yeah i mean it's difficult for us because obviously we've got a little in yeah, he was desperate to see the family, and it was just we ended up having. We went down before the December lockdown, and luckily managed to see everybody then. But it's just mm. been, and we've stuck to it. Um, obviously, the we're working behind the scenes, but that's because we're in a enclosed bubble, aren't we? So, yeah. We don't go anywhere else apart from here, effectively. Well, the other thing, I, I look at the bright side, and the last time I saw my parents, it was bright sunshine in, I think, in July or something. So, you know, if that's my final memory, that's my final memory. But um, it's 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 pretty tough old times. But the lockdown three, the issue we've had is that official sources, trading standards, local councils, you name it, have had mixed things. We've got in writing uh, various organisations saying you can work as per ones that are saying you can work but only do interiors or only do commercial vehicles and others saying you can't work and this is in neighboring counties mm. um, and then we've had the worst case where we've had some people told forced to shut and then told they're not eligible for the um, forced closure grant because they weren't forced to shut so you know th- th- there's this inconsistency and we've been trying very hard as pbd particularly to to get some clarification from sources we've written to mps councillors trading standards and frankly drawn a blank well, i mean um, as, as you've recently experienced yourself through the hmrc this is very much a case of we won't tell you what you can't do but we'll wrap you across the knuckles if you do it and you can't yes yes i'd forgotten about that but that's <laughs> fine <laughs> yeah not yeah. going to be getting Hello, any super <laughs> yeah it's chaos it's absolute yeah. chaos and the problem you've got is that we've been classified i say we 
the classification or the generalization is probably a better word of anybody that works on vehicles in an element of cleaning them is a car wash and car washes have to close yeah and that's basically what we've been told you know the fact that we're operating the view that the government have is that a car wash is a roadside car wash with a throughput of 100 cars a day 20 members of staff which is a risk from a from a transmission point of view in certain cases poor health and safety um mm-hmm. not much paye either well that's a <laughs> you know they're classifying joe blogs detailing in the middle of the countryside getting one customer every four days yeah decontaminate uh, um you know putting the keys in a, in a sanic key bag sanitizing everything before the car's handed back working on his own in a locked workshop almost as if he d- he's dipping his hands into a detergent bucket full of detergent all day yeah, yeah. and but they're in the same catchment as the other place yeah and there's hypocrisy where we've got the police shutting down places at the same time a couple of our members are doing high-ranking police officers and they're asking for it to be done we've also one of our guys has got biggest contract i've ever seen for um a, a government body which is active uh, is I it Boris's? No, but it's I got lots of black top. I wouldn't touch his government it's body. Got lots of black top, and it kind of. Anyway, I can't give it away. Have you seen Boris's car? The, we did a flipping yeah, news we, interview about, I, I, about yeah, it. Yeah, I went on BBC Three Counties and, and tried that to was say the nice pinnacle things. of your career, that wasn't it? No. No, no, the peak of my career happened about 15 years ago and it's never going to happen. It's now just a downward trend to uh, ultimate destitution and premature death. Um, but the well, I think that brings us nicely <laughs> to the end of this uh, this podcast, reading through a uh, discussion of various pros and cons of French cars and how the government's doing an overall terrible job. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, there yeah. is a magazine, and you can get it from www.pro-detailer.com. Oh, uh, the cover. You might have to get it. Oh, the oh, cover. God, yes. The cover. Let's talk about the cover. The cover is great, and I I had very little to do with it apart from taking the photo. And strange enough, that car on the front is a photo. It's just been much played with. Valmorphanized. That's the one. I've never heard of that phrase it's in my life. It's from Team America. It's when they stick hair to Gary's face and make him not look like Gary. If it's anyway, not a um, World War II documentary, I've Well, you made it. the mistake of um, telling me to go bananas on the front cover yes. and make it as 80s and retro as possible. Which it did. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like it's almost Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh, That's a game. Remember that? Yeah, Soundtrack was incredible. I just downloaded Grand Theft Auto um, 3. But yeah, it's cool. I mean, luckily we've got access to some great um, resources for graphics and stuff. So, um, shout out to those guys. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just made it look like a. It's very different. It's the most different we've game. got. And the the thing that scares me about this cover is so the good covers I feel kind of came in with issue nine, which was a photo of a BMW, which is one of my favourite photos I've ever taken. Then issue ten, we had a photo that was taken by a, another photographer. Um, which we stylized quite heavy, and it was a green theme to it. Yeah, we put quite a lot of time into uh, to photoshopping that around, didn't we? Yeah, that was a well. It was a good photo as it started, but to actually make it into a, into a in. cover. Yeah, and then eleven, as you may remember, we sat outside literally for a night um, taking photos of stars and Audis, and then we have this one. I'm slightly bricking it as to how we're going to top this one. Um, on the basis that we always try and go bigger and better, which is why this is bigger than every any other issue and all the rest of it. Um, well, we're going to have to set fire to an insignia. Yes, or a Subaru. <gasps> oh, we oh. can set fire to both. We can crash into each other and set them on fire. 
Yes. You couldn't crash them into each other. You'd have to crash the insignia into the Subaru because the Subaru doesn't doesn't move at the moment. But but it's a it's a technicality. Um, but no, wouldn't we, even do that. Actually, would it? <laughs> no. We we could do something Once. with fire. Oh, it does. It does turn over. It starts. Yes. I, okay. What I would yeah. love to do, and this is this is a massive olive branch reaching out to our friend. He probably he'll never listen to this, but if we could get Barry, which Barry? My photographer the friend, Barry. Oh, your photography Barry. If we could get him to come and do a one-off out of retirement fire painting shoot. That would be cool. And we'll do an article on how it's done. That would be really that cool. That would be awesome. I will speak to Barry. Especially if, if at some point we can make maybe set fire to the insignia as well. I'm really, yeah, I'm be, really <coughs> committed to this chapter. idea. I don't have the an insignia. And um, I don't associate myself with anybody with an insignia that I'm aware find of. One. They'll, they'll set, they'll, it will spontaneously combust at some point. Anyway. For the, um, I thought those were For those interested, um, <laughs> Barry doesn't do it anymore because he had a massive... He lost all of his work, basically. But if you check out Van Elder Photography mm-hmm. on Google, some of his images still exist in the... Ether. Ether. Um, but check out some of his stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. If we can somehow get him to come and do it for us. Oh, from, tell him I'll go and pick him up in a Subaru. That should be pretty no, enticing. No, he's a Mitsubishi guy. I look. I have. I have respect. No, he's a Mitsubishi. I have respect for Mitsubishi he's, he's VR four to the core. Oh, I as in Galant. Oh, I no. We get on. I'm a legacy man. Galants and VR fours are, are pretty pretty. It's like you, you know. both opted for the second best versions. They did. No, we're both grown ups. <laughs> and by the sounds of it, I don't know you, Barry, but you sound like you've got taste, and I want to meet you in my Subaru, <laughs> and we can talk about f stops and twin scroll turbos. Oh no, you don't have a twin scroll turbo, do you? I'm sure they do. They, no, 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 no. They got a twin entry turbo. It's, 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 it's a yeah. It's a two point eight V six. If I start playing the outro music, can we stop this now? Well, have a go. See what happens. Thank you.